Yeah, I mean, first off, I just want to thank God, man. As far as my relationship with Jerry, I, you know, um, just using his word, we're, 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 in a, we're in an excellent spot. You know, he's uh, the partnership that we have, he's, he's excited about. Um, he told me a number of times this, you know, this week that he wants me to coach here as long as Coach Landry did. And I said, okay, you know, that's it's a long time. I feel really good about uh, our relationships. I think our, our ability to discuss and disagree is we, we do a good job of that. Know your role and shut your mouth, you jabroni! The Bucks and the Raiders, oh man. Whew. What one's more likely? I would say the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, he's been there now for three years. Just such a great organization. They got such great people in the front office. So if I had to take a guess right now over those two, I would just say the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, my man. I just crushed my dreams. Boom. Sadness. That's the one. So I'm trying to investigate some more. I, it doesn't look like the NFL's released any sort of like, here's the Pro Bowl jersey for this season, which again, they're not playing. Have you seen the hat? Just the white is that hat? The same, is that the same hat that I've seen on Twitter this morning with all the logos? Or uh, no, is that just someone's, someone came up with that and, and I have not it? seen that, so I don't know uh. what that is. Um, but like on the NFL shop, like you can buy a Jerry Rice Pro Bowl jersey from 1994. So they have like throwback stuff and then you can just buy a white hat with the AFC logo, and then your favorite team is just sort of on the side above your ear, which who the hell would ever buy that? Like, yay, AFC. Right. But, I don't wear hats. But uh, you can't, there's not an actual like 2023 Pro jersey. Bowl jersey for sale. With how many Derek Carr Pro Bowl jerseys would sell? Two? Derek and oh. Darren? No, David. Uh, David and Darren would buy yeah, them? David and Darren. I mean, and Derek on. might buy one for himself. There's still there's still a weird subset of that fan base that is just like McDaniel screwed him over. They're gonna buy it just to be like you got rid of a Pro Bowl quarterback, and then for some reason the revenue share will be like thank you. Got rid of. Did you get Bowl a? Uh, did you get a bump in the salary? <laughs> got rid of a Pro Bowl quarterback who threw question. fourteen interceptions. He gets his uh, Pro Bowl uh, docket there for the get, making that. the team. That's yeah, why, he's got to. That's why he's showing up. That's why he's Tyler Huntley's to. showing up. Yeah. Tyler Huntley, oh, yeah. I get paid. I mean, Tyler Huntley, I don't even know if that would have been in his contract because they would have never thought he'd make the Pro Bowl. So, like, wait a minute. His per diem, his flight and per diem to the Pro Bowl is more than he got paid this year. <laughs> Tyler Huntley, Tyler Huntley's not only on a rookie contract, he's on like a mid-round rookie contract, right. which is like less than a million dollars. Um, so, we mentioned this yesterday off air, but not during the show. Jimmy Garoppolo on the sideline as the 49ers are getting steamrolled. Uh, nice big smile on Jimmy Garoppolo's on, face. On a few different occasions, yeah. by the way. Was he happy at how that game turned he, out? Internally? <laughs> maybe? Well, externally, he I was mean, smiling, though. He couldn't I mean, hide it. Internally, maybe, because he's probably thinking it made him some more money. Uh, see, to me, I, I think you he's... He's got a vacation planned with some Instagram model, and he's just like, all right, sweet. I don't have to go. I don't have to wait two weeks. We can extend the trip. So here's the idea for Jimmy Garoppolo, right? <laughs> Trey Lance gets hurt. He comes in. The 49ers are still good. He's a free agent at the end of the year. Look at that. I can still be a starting quarterback for a good team. Sign me. Give me a bunch of money. But then he gets hurt, and Brock Purdy steps in, and Those everybody's like, and we love this Brock Purdy guy. 
And it basically diminishes anything Jimmy Garoppolo has ever done with the 49ers. Because it's like, oh. If this guy can do it. They drafted a seventh rounder and went on a 12-game winning streak? Why the hell would we want you, Jimmy Garoppolo, unless we've got the entire 49ers roster? So seeing Purdy get hurt and then seeing Josh Johnson come in and be ineffective until he got hurt, you could make the argument that it's good for Garoppolo because, hey, not just anybody could step into this 49ers job and play well. I don't know that that's going to matter too much. I don't know that teams are going to look at that game in particular, um, but it was funny to see Jimmy Garoppolo smiling on the sideline while his teammates were getting absolutely I mean, curb it got It got to the point where he was smiling as the score got worse. Right. He smiled even bigger. more. Yeah. So maybe he's just in charge of morale. <laughs> maybe. Keep him happy over there. He didn't do a very good job. Trent Williams was throwing <laughs> people down by their neck. Body slamming people. So maybe that's who he was making fun of. <laughs> Brock Purdy uh, has a torn UCL. He's going to be out six months. Trey Young is coming off the broken leg, but he's supposed to be ready to go. Sorry, uh, Trey Lance is coming off the broken leg, but he's supposed to be back um, for the start of their preseason in March or whatever. Who is going to be the starting quarterback for the 49ers in 2022? I think Trey Lance is. I think Trey Lance is going to be the starting quarterback. If you're the 49ers... It kind of has to be Trey Lance because what the 49ers have been is a really good team with just average quarterback play. Mm-hmm. And they've gotten really far, lost a Super Bowl. They've gotten really far, but they haven't actually won the Super Bowl with that strategy. What Trey Lance offers you is the potential, the upside of that really good quarterback play. I think what we saw from Brock Purdy this year is probably peak Brock Purdy. It's pro- it's what you're going to get from Brock Purdy. Right. Yeah. I don't I don't think yeah. what like Brock Purdy this year, I don't think Brock Purdy is going to be, oh, he's taken a step and now he's even like I don't think that's happening. I think Brock Purdy was Brock Purdy this right. year. Yeah, he looked kind of like how Brady did those years uh, when he was just filling in for uh, yeah. Drew Bledsoe. Not just handing it off, <laughs> just sort of like making like really easy throws. But Trey Lance offers you, like what we see in the NFL, the two quarterbacks in the Super Bowl, the quarterback that can make plays with his feet. And it doesn't mean you have to be running for 112 yards like Justin Fields, but just Patrick Mahomes can get outside of the pocket and throw the ball down the field. You have to have that. You don't have to, but it's really helpful to have that level of mobility out of your quarterback. And that's what Lance gives you. He gives you that extra game-breaking potential and if I'm the 49ers, it to me, it's here's it's an easy call, right? Garoppolo's gone, Purdy's back, and Trey Lance is back. And technically, I'm having a quarterback competition, right? It's whenever Purdy's elbow is fine. But I'm having an actual competition. Those two are fighting for it. And if Purdy wins the job, Purdy wins the job, and he's the starting quarterback. But those are my two quarterbacks for next year. And it's an easy decision because they're really cheap. Purdy's making less than a million dollars next year. Trey Lance is, I think he's at $9 because he's in the third or fourth year of his rookie contract, so it's a little, it's slightly significant. But you've got two quarterbacks for $10 million. Yeah, instead of Jimmy for 30 Right. That's an easy call. It's a quarterback competition, and whoever wins the job wins the job, and you're competing next year. But you, if you're the Niners, you really, really want it to be Trey Lance yeah. because if it's Purdy, that means Lance isn't very good, and you're, you have an average quarterback. If it's Lance, you might have 
a really good quarterback. He might he might end up sucking. He might be terrible, but at least there's some potential there that he's better than just the average guy. Didn't we see during the championship uh, championship Sunday, like you just said, what the position has become more and more? Yeah. These these are these are the guys now who are making the big plays. These are the guys now who are the most valuable players. Right. Younger, you, mobile. Yeah. Who can, like you said, get outside the pocket? These are the guys now who are the who are the not the exceptions to the rule, but they're the best ones. You can still win, Josh with, Allen. You can still win with Brady. The Rams won with Stafford, who makes plays outside of the pocket, but is is more of the traditional pocket passer. You can still win with those guys, but the trend in the NFL, and it seems the easier path to winning is younger, is, is with mobile. the right, right, and so that's what Trey Lance offers you. Listen, Brock Purdy is plenty mobile. Brock Purdy did a lot of design stuff out of the pocket. It's not like he's a completely useless in that regard, but Lance gives you the higher ceiling. Yeah. And so you want Lance to be the guy at the end of the day. That's what you want. If you're the Niners, you want Lance to be the guy because otherwise, sure, Brock Purdy can win 12 games in a row and you can go to the playoffs and go deep in the playoffs, but it's not really about Brock Purdy at that point. And the other key on the whole on the Brock Purdy conversation, because we talked about it, who did they play when Brock Purdy was the quarterback? Before they got to Dallas, yeah. which and they scored 19 points in Seattle. The best team they played was the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. Like the the best, uh, or the, I should say the worst performance Purdy had before the Cowboys game was against the Raiders defense. Yeah. That was his worst quarterback rating of the entire season. So they played some extremely weak defenses where the Seahawks were the best defense they played until Dallas and Philly, who they beat Dallas, but with 19 points and then he got hurt. So maybe it's not entirely fair, but Philly got to the quarterback with no problem in that game against San Francisco. And that was the issue for the 49ers. So I think it's pretty easy. I don't think there's any reason they should bring back Garoppolo. The other question that I keep seeing people bring up, is Brady in San Francisco? Well, he's from there. His family's, you know, his parents and a lot of family are there. Um, he'd walk in with a, he'd walk in with a better team than the Raiders. If I'm Brady, I think I'm desperate for San Francisco. I think I'm willing to play for like five million dollars to sign with San Francisco. I, if I'm Brady, I'm like, I can walk in there and win a Super Bowl. I don't even have to be very good most of the time. I'm just going to have to make like four big throws in the playoffs and we can win the Super Bowl. But if I'm the Niners, I don't think I want Tom Brady. You want to stay with Trey Lance? I think I I think uh, if Brady is like I'll play for 5 million, all right, come on. No problem. Right. Come on in. But if Brady's going to command, if Brady's going to sign and it's like, "Hey, oh, you got to give him 40 million." Right. I don't think I want that. I think I'm better off with my roster as is and my $9 million Trey Lance and my less than a million dollar Brock Purdy. See, I don't think the Raiders should sign him, and I certainly don't think the Raiders should give him $40 million, <laughs> which is, I don't know if that's an unpopular theme right now or not. I see it both ways on Twitter, but I see a lot of people on Twitter saying no to him. So there's people, there, there's actually multiple reasons. There's people like Jason Fitz who's a Raiders fan who just doesn't think that's the path to success. Right. He just doesn't think they're going to win much with Tom Brady. And then there's also Raiders fans that I've seen that are just so anti Tom Brady. They do not want to cheer for that guy as their quarterback. 
It's not about success. It's about, oh, I hate that Everything guy. in the past and the I, duck rule and all of that. I cannot Everything stand him. him. I don't want him to be my quarterback. So that's that one's stupid to me. Yeah, if he wants to come play for your team and he's going to win a Super Bowl, enjoy it. But it, there's reason to believe it's not the best roster building because if you just replace Carr with Brady, they're... What, what have you done? Yeah, you're not, you're not going to No, you've got Super holes Bowl. everywhere. So... I understand the Jason Fitz argument of you don't think that's right. just a good you move got holes to everywhere. be good. So. I'm sorry. I fell down a rabbit hole of 2001 Brady stats versus Brock Purdy stats, and Brock Purdy has better stats. Because they didn't throw the ball in 2001. You literally can't he compare. Did, how, how did they not throw the ball and he threw 12 interceptions? You can't compare like 2023 stats to like 2013 stats now. I know. I'm just trying to, like, for some reason, my brain went, huh, maybe. And I fell down a rabbit hole of, man, Tom Brady wasn't very good in 2001. Compare Derek Carr stats to, like, any of Brady's, like, what, first five years in the league? He's going to blow him away in just about every category. Well, except for. No, actually, 2002, 2004, 2005, same amount of interceptions, more touchdowns. And uh, 2003, less interceptions, more touchdowns. So Brady's first five years were better than Derek Carr's year this year. Only touchdowns and interceptions. Car- well, that's how you always, play points on the board. You're always going to have more interceptions now, too. Josh Allen led the league in interceptions this year. All right, that's fair. Josh Allen probably threw more picks this year than Brady did in like the first five yeah. years combined. Well, he threw 12 in his first season. Well, 2001, his first full, full season. season. Yeah, he threw 12, 14, 12, 14, 14, 12. He sucks. Wow. I would have fired that coach. 13, well, you know, 2008, the whole, his knee got messed up. And that that's happened. when he started, 2010 is when he started doing the, like, three. Yeah, <laughs> that's when him and Rodgers were like, yeah, we're throwing 42 touchdowns yeah. and we're not throwing a pick the entire season unless my receiver drops the ball. Yeah, for some reason, too, yeah, did something happen in 2010? They hired Josh McDaniels. Coming up next, Bischoff's Briefs. Bischoff's Briefs. You know what happened last month without anybody noticing? This is for real. Webster's Dictionary expanded the definition of the word literally to include the way it's commonly misused. Bischoff's Briefs. So the thing is, we no longer have a word in the English language that means literally. It literally doesn't have a synonym. Bischoff's Briefs. So we're going to have to find the Latin word for it and use it. But see, I don't know any Latin. Bischoff's Briefs. So when I say that I am literally going to set fire to this building with you in it, you don't know if I'm speaking figuratively or literally. So what's the update on Josh Allen? He is skipping the Pro Bowl because... Pebble Beach Pro-Am, top, uh, you know, that's the top Pro-Am uh, you can enter, so. Uh, it's a better choice. Yeah, it's a better choice. A flag football game? Come on. <laughs> People are calling him disrespectful on Twitter. To what? Dodgeball? Because he says. Uh, the great sanctity of One of the tweets the... is, it's a bad look when a player voted the team blows it off for any reason other than playing the Super Bowl. Disrespectful. You can disrespect the Pro Bowl. I, that's perfectly fine. Yeah. At one point, the Pro Bowl was literally the college all-stars versus the best players in the NFL. That's probably the best the Pro Bowl ever was. <laughs> that sounds great. I'm going to have to look it up, but I think one year the college team won. Now it's a flag football game. That is perfectly fine to blow off a flag football yeah. game. 
to go play golf. Much rather do that. I mean, you could, if you wanted to, enter the longest drive contest at the Pro Bowl. Or you could go play an actual tournament. All right. Um, So, Josh Allen, we do not know Joe Burrow, though. Neither of you have seen anything about Joe Never Burrow, seen, right? I haven't seen why he's okay. not playing. Because that's the presu- that's the the Josh Allen replacement is Tyler Huntley. The Joe we're assuming Joe Burrow is out, and that's why Derek Carr is going. But we do not know why Joe Burrow is not going to the Pro Bowl. Maybe it's, maybe he's also playing in the Pro Am with Josh Allen. It's like, yeah, let's go golf instead. He saw that Josh Allen was going to the Pro Am and was like, I'd rather do that too. It's a way better idea. So we'll wait to see what Joe Burrow is doing. Hopefully, Joe Burrow is just like, yeah, I'm just staying at home. I'm, I'm just... looking on the I'm looking on the uh, news and every, there's there's been nothing. Right. So there's been nothing of why he's not playing. There'll be something about Joe Burrow. I hope it's just that he just wants to stay home and sit on his couch because that might be a better option. Smoking than... a cigar. Yeah, that might be a better option. Well, he didn't get to smoke those. He didn't win. No, he didn't. He got to win to smoke that. Um. So there you go. Um. The other the other notes I have today for Bischoff's briefs. I don't know how this hasn't been taken more advantage of, but we saw two coaches blow blow a challenge in the exact same scenario. Well, similar scenarios. First off, in the Eagles-Niners game, Devon, early in that game, the catch Devontae Smith made down the sideline that wasn't a catch. Right. Devontae Smith jumped up after that was ruled a catch and was yelling and motioning with his hands to his teammates to like, let's get up and run a play. Right. Because Devontae Smith knew he did not catch right. that ball. Now, the Niners did not challenge because the replays that were shown before Philly snapped it were from the backside, and you had no idea he didn't catch it. You just, yeah, he thought, you, he, thought he caught it. The good replay to show he didn't catch it didn't come until after Philly ran a the play. play. But the wide receiver knew. You didn't need a replay. You just need to see Devontae Smith run up there and say, let's go. Let's snap this ball. On the opposite side, Kansas City, Kadarius Toney in the end zone, ruled incomplete, looked like a catch on a replay. Andy Reid throws a challenge flag. But the key to that one is Kadarius Toney, after he stands up, isn't motioning, hey, I caught it, isn't looking at the ref, isn't yelling at his sideline. He knew he didn't catch it. He got up and just started slowly. He looked sad. Got up and just started slowly walking back to the huddle. Just pay attention to the wide receivers. They'll tell you all you need to know if you need to challenge or not. If the if you're if they rule it a catch and you and the other team's receiver jumps up and is like, we gotta snap this, get your flag out and throw it on the field. <laughs> he knows. And if your receiver gets up and isn't losing his mind, like, oh, that's a touchdown. Or I putting his it. hands up and yeah. celebrating with his teammates. Don't challenge oh. it. Kadarius Tony knew he didn't catch it. And for Andy Reid, for some reason, still threw the challenge flag. Pay attention to the wide receivers. They'll tell you all you need to know if they caught it or not. As soon as, if this becomes a trend, I would literally start telling my players, after long completions, oh, we're going to jump hurt yes. like he caught it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that way, even if you caught it and, and the other guy goes, oh, he he's saying they're hurrying up. I'm going to challenge it. You're like, ha-ha. That took is, away yeah. a timeout. That is the next level. Once, once <laughs> we understand to pay attention to the receivers, you start <laughs> teaching your receivers to like do the do whatever benefits you. You're like, whatever forces the other team to challenge, do that, right? Because that would be great. If Devontae Smith had caught that 
and then was like, let's go. We got to snap right. it. And the 49ers challenged it. And then Devontae Smith just started laughing. That would have been phenomenal. But that's uh, that's what we need to pay attention to. Watch the wide receivers. They're the keys on all of this because they know if they caught it or not. And they're not very good at hiding their emotions. And had they challenged it, they would have seen the front view. Right. It's, yeah. As soon as you challenge it, you get as many you get views as you, you get can. every view, as many as you want. And then it's it's done for. So watch the wide receivers. The other question on the whole replay thing that is strange is the 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 you know what I'm talking about when I say the expedited review process. Right. Yep. Why it only gets used sometimes and not other times. Like there's a there's a referee. I don't know if he's a referee. There's an official of some sort who is watching the game. And occasionally, when there is a missed call, yes, he will communicate with He'll the refs, hey, uh, that completion was actually incomplete, and there's no need to challenge. It's just a, hey, we saw it, we can fix it. I think it that happened right in that now. game. Someone it, tried to challenge, and it was, I think it might have been Zach Taylor tried to challenge, yeah. but they, he, he got to pick it up because right. of the expedited right. review. It happened in the Kansas City-Cincinnati game. It didn't happen in the Philly-San Francisco game on that Devontae Smith catch. And so it's... It's a good addition. The ability for somebody to just sit and watch a screen and be like, oh, I saw a replay. That was wrong. Right? You tell the officials, hey, that was wrong. Bring it back. It was an incompletion. Whatever. That's very good because that's part of the problem with replay as a viewer is we see almost instantly oh, what they happened. Got, they got that yeah, call wrong. Exactly. Right? And the expedited review is basically, oh, somebody saw it instantly and can tell the refs, hey, you got it wrong. But it's not applied all the time it's not used all the time so it's very weird and as a coach sometimes you get screwed where you have to challenge something because the expedited review didn't pick Pick it it up up. and it's yeah it's just it's a strange situation where it's a good thing but it's it's almost like if you had um the automated strike zone but you only used it on like 71% 71% of right. the pitches and like just, you know, a third of the you game. Got to, you, you got to let him call right. the, rest, the Just rest. a third of the game. We're just, ah, we're going with yeah, the we're going umpire. umpire. And it's not even like standard first through three innings. It's just, ah, random counts. Right. Here comes the, uh, the human umpire. Two and one. Right. It'd be very strange if that happened. So, but that's basically what the expedited review process is in the NFL right now, which is. I just don't know why it's not used more often. Yeah, I mean, I guess he's up there and he sees the angle right away. I guess it's a matter of that guy doesn't see the replay angle, which means it does that mean it's on the television networks? Well, they play it in the stadiums. Right. But like the expedited review is basically determined on does the TV network show a replay before the snap is the next snap? Because like the Devontae Smith one, for example, we didn't see on TV a good, re- no, a until, good replay. No, until the play was snapped right. on the next play. So is the expedited review process determined solely on how Fox or CBS shows a shows replay? It. And if they don't show a replay or they don't show the right angle, then he can't make the call. It's a guy watching the game in an office with a phone, with a, with a radio. Yeah. Love it. I mean, it, that's, that's kind of what it appears to be. If you don't see the replay. I don't even know if he's in the stadium. Probably not. Maybe he's no, in New York. He's, he's in New York, so yeah. we have that delay. Yeah, <laughs> that's also great. There's a television delay. He's on Directv, and it starts raining, yeah. and he can't actually <laughs> see the game. Ah, I lost it. No more expedited review. All right, coming up next here on ESPN Las Vegas, Lindsey Brown sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler.
featuring All-American Lindsey Brown. Have you heard that call before, Lindsey? No, is that actually real? Yeah, yes. that, was, that was from yes. Festivus on Cofield awesome. and Company. It's great. Stop it. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> yes, drunk Ashley, that's it. The game sounds about right, except for the drunk part. I'm just, uh, I'm like that naturally. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's why you're on the show. Um, so, yeah, Ashley Brown, maybe Lindsey Brown. We'll figure that out as the show goes on. Joins us now. Um, before we get into any hockey, uh, Derek Carr is going to the Pro Bowl. If you were Derek Carr, are you wearing any sort of shirt or jersey that has the Raiders logo on it, or are you going NFL Shield? This is where you go halfway between the two. You wear the Raiders colors, but not the signage. It's great because you can just wear the black T-shirt. Maybe it does with the NFL logo, but what an awkward type of situation. It's a little <laughs> bit different than the Kyler Murray one last year. It was kind of self-inflicted where he wiped his Instagram account. was like, I'm not affiliated with them anymore, but this one, uh, this is going to be weird. <laughs> it's exciting. I'm very excited I, to see what, I just want to know what he wears. That's the most you interesting just thing. You people though. uncomfortable, Tyler. That's your bit. Yeah. A hundred percent. Everybody needs yep. to be uncomfortable. I sort of want to see what he says because we, we saw, we saw him as the pastor and he, yep. he took some veiled, you know, I guess with the shots, yeah, they were, the, that you know. team, they were veiled shots, but now, um, I don't know what availability is for these things yet. They haven't sent that out in terms of who's available, who's not available. But the line for him will be long in terms of uh, who wants to talk to him. He's going to be too professional, is my correct. Prediction. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah he's not going to go to the Pro Bowl and be... Congregation versus out amongst the masses. Yeah, he's not going to go to the Pro Bowl and start ripping everybody. I don't think he would do that at the Pro Bowl. I don't know if he would do that, period, but I don't know if he's going to do that at the Pro Bowl. All right, uh, Lindsay, I don't know. This is not a question for you. This is just a statement, but I think you'll enjoy this. Phil Kessel needs to play more for the Golden Knights. Wow. You've really changed your tune. Well, you realize you were, you were writing letters to the to the management with your demands at these days. That's right. Really, that's right. He's the only uh, one scoring. Good. Yeah, I mean, they've scored two goals <laughs> in two games, and he's got a goal and assist. Exactly. He should be playing every – he should be getting Petrangelo minutes at this point. Well, somebody's got to produce, and I think when I was on the VGK Insider show yesterday, which I will be on all week with Chris Chapman, minus that game with the Washington Capitals, I think they've scored seven goals in seven games. And so Phil Kessel is apparently the one that's holding that torch, and I guess we got to line up behind him. That's right. He's the leader of the team at the moment. So let me let me ask you the, the big question on Jack Eichel's lack of production since Mark Stone went out. Why? Like, is there anything that's jumped out to you as to why? I know last week you told us you think you might be playing through an injury. Is there anything yeah. else that, like, why is Jack Eichel just suddenly not a point producer for this team? Well, I think Eichel is one of those guys that looks at himself as a what have I done for them lately. And when he's not going and he's not producing, it's really hard for him to feel good about himself and really hard for him to take the rest of his game. I don't want to say seriously, but maybe – as to the detailed uh, orientation that it needs to be. Because it, it, when you're not feeling good about yourself, guys, isn't it harder to do your job, your entirety of your job, the entire spectrum of your job? And then when you don't have those little pockets of potential boost yourself. So if you're skating back on the, on the back check and say you get, and you get a good gap and you're able to gather that puck and you get up ice and then you get a good shot, you're like, well, there's a nice little shot of energy for myself. There's a little proof to myself that I can get things done in this game, in this moment. And he just 
he doesn't grab hold of that rope as easily if it's not already going well for him. And that could just be his maturity in terms of how he's developing as a player. Remember, he's only, you know, a couple years, he's what, maybe five, six years into his career, and a lot of that spends with injury. And so that's, that's where I go. I go player confidence first because it's not like he forgot how to stick handle the puck or shoot the puck the way that he does or, or drive the net. He's just subconsciously making these decisions that are robbing him of those opportunities. I don't know. Sometimes when I feel good about myself, my job suffers. <laughs> There's that too. Well, that's the thing. You can get it from both sides. That's why you have to be in a constant state of fear and self-reflection, if not hatred. Do we need to read mean tweets to you, Ed? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. How, despite him, how do they score? How, what, what's going on? How 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 do they get back scoring? Just, um, uh, with Eichel or without? What's going on? For me, it's concentration of play behind the net. And this has been a team that Bruce has talked about a lot in terms of their stubbornness of not trying to get away from the rush. And they just they try to enter the zone. They try to do pass-pass shots. They need to take that puck low, whether that's dump and chase or taking it with their own possession and they need to force their opposition to make a decision meaning i gotta go follow him behind the net because if they're behind the net where are they not they're not in front of the net and then we have fewer bodies and more chances for the knights to infiltrate that house in front which they're having so much trouble doing there's just not enough variation to their game it's very predictable to see where they enter the zone how they try to overtake things and teams are just either cutting them off as they're getting into that offensive zone or they're disrupting in the neutral zone and taking away, you know, that extra 10 to 15 feet of ice where they could get confidence from themselves or at least speed to get in that zone too. And so for me, it's about those little decisions and trying to concentrate that puck down lower. And then you're going to minimize turnovers in the high offensive zone too, which will take some pressure off of your defense. I know you like uh, them playing from behind the net, but just getting directly in front of the net, who on this team is good at that? Who on this team is like, oh, Mark that's Stone. something they're good at? Uh, the guy that's out? Okay, that hurts. Mark Stone, Chandler Stevenson's really good at it. It, it really depends on what you're, where you're trying to put that because Mark Stone is kind of a backdoor on the goal line guy, and he'll kind of go up front sometimes, but he's not a quick release. I'm going to beat you with my shot most of the time because of his reach or he's getting it off of bounces, whereas Chandler Stevenson has a lot more quick fire. He can release that uh, and, and elevate that puck at a higher rate. Marshy's okay. I think he thinks about it a little bit too much before he shoots, or at least in certain parts of the ice, because if he's a little bit further out towards the faceoff dot, he goes to that one-timer all the time. And so it just it depends on what part of the ice you're asking about and, and at what depth, because everybody has different skill sets. But then, again, Paul Cotter is also a tenacious guy uh, in front of that, too, in terms of scrapping up rebounds. Asked this of Ben yesterday, can they win a Stanley Cup if Logan Thompson is just pretty good? Uh, no. I don't. I don't think really anybody can win a Stanley Cup if your goal is just pretty good. I think you have to have some sort of transcendence, uh, especially if your team isn't one of those offensive juggernauts like an Edmonton Oilers or even an L.A. Kings team where you can just kind of make up for a lot of your deficiencies in the defensive end, and that's just not how this team is built. This team is built to withstand pressure and be in their own zone a little bit longer than others, not for two minutes straight, but for you know a, a good chunk of time and be able to kind of suppress your, your, your team there. And so I, Logan has to be great. Everybody has to be great. It's the Stanley freaking cup. There, there is no passengers on that particular train. Yeah, goalies are meat bags. They just need to show up. Just God, you're the, the worst. Way. Just stand in the way. <laughs> just stop this. You know, you got to, you're, you're as big as the goal. Just don't give up. No, we're not. Yeah, we're yeah almost. Almost. Just stand there. Some people are. So 
all of us are athletes that uh, made poor decisions when we were 10 years old, got obsessed with a certain aspect of something that what do you know? We're here just taking shots of fire at our face. Is that when the poor decision was made when you were 10? Yeah. Oh, the first day I walked into hockey practice, I saw goalie pads. I was like, I want those. And oh, I was oh. begging my dad to let me play in the first game. They're like, somebody else called dibs. I'm like, all right, well, I got second dibs. And then it was over. It was over for them, over for their wallets, over for their checkbooks. And here we are today. It is, uh, it's not good how in sports we make a lot of decisions when we're like 10 years old that shape the rest of our sports fandom or sports playing lives for the worse. I think that's when we got the most of our lives figured out, though. It's before the <laughs> adulthood and the world can infiltrate your psyche. So ultimately, I think you're just following what you love, and that's what we're all trying to get back to. Ah, 10 years old. Terrible time to make the life decisions, unless you're Ashley uh, Brown. Yeah. Um, how was your trip to Utah that you took last time we talked to you? Oh, it was fantastic, guys. I was, you know, a little bit on the fence about the Culver stop, and I was just thinking, maybe I'll just get a shake and a root beer, not a burr. And I was like, I cannot get protein right now. We're on a diet. we got to make sure. So I held the fries, got the shake, drank like three sips of it, had the burger, and then went to my um, little labyrinth out in the middle of nowhere at uh, Kayanta Art Village. Bought a piece of jewelry like I usually do. I bought a ring, and then I lost it the next day already, so that was great. But, yeah, I, I also took the scenic <laughs> route back. I, I decided to take a back road because I know the highway that I take. I've seen the end result saying, like, oh, this is the scenic route. And I was, I was cut, cut it off how cute the scenic route was. And it was completely dirt road besides this, like, patch of cows. And so I was off-roading for a little bit, and then my GPS said, you're here and then I was, there was no more road, and so I turned back around before I got accurate. But I, it was a great day. I, I really enjoy those days because that's where you could just say, well, I can't do anything right now because I have to focus on driving and safety. So it's, it's a great avoidance tactic for me. Are you one of those ketchup on the side, dip the burger into it? I think I saw a picture of that. I'm a little bit of a both, Ed. I, it really depends on the establishment because some people are a little bit more liberal with their ketchup application. So most of the time I always do a backup. Because I always do ketchup only on the burger, no cheese, for the love of God, keep it to yourself. And then I do oh, the dippage boy. as well. Oh, man. So wait, is this just meat patty, bun, and ketchup? Is that what I'm getting yep. from this? Yeah. Yep. Yep. So it looked like. Correct. Well, I like lettuce, but they put shredded lettuce, and I don't like shredded lettuce. Tastes different than leafy lettuce, and so I just I don't like. I don't like the spines of the lettuce. I like the leaves. All right, she's she's <laughs> Lindsey Brown, Ashley, <laughs> Ashley Brown. I don't know. No, she, deserve, she deserves her full name for that weird hamburger take. It's a micromava <laughs> level take. I, he wouldn't eat ketchup, so I guess no, he wouldn't have the sauce. Better. He wouldn't yeah. have the sauce. He's slightly better. All right, get get out of here, Lindsay. We appreciate it, thanks, and Lindsay. Catch her on the BGK yeah. Insider Show yeah. four o'clock every With day Magnum. this week. Yeah, bye. So there's Lindsay Brown. <sighs> yeah, she had the burger. The ketchup was on the the little uh, paper that the burger comes in with. So I assume she was a dipper. The only time I think I've ever done that is with chicken sandwiches. I'll dip them in, like, some sort of sauce, but no. What? I'm. You guys are focused on the wrong thing. The only thing she eats on her burger is ketchup. Oh, no. Mm. You've never... That's a, To me, that's just a Midwestern thing of, like, there. I've met men who their entire life are like, nope, never had a vegetable. And no, but she doesn't do cheese. Obviously not. She said, get away from me. Right. 
Again, I, I've it's a I've, long uh, way to go for a bur- for a patty and a and a bun. I should, oh, it's a really good patty. Like I mean, is it good? That's yeah. that's how I ate when I was nine. Was I will eat? Where's the hot dog? And there's nothing on it. It's just the hot dog and the bun. Oh, we're going to a Mexican restaurant. I'll have the chicken nuggets and the fries and ketchup. That's how I, I never liked ketchup, but that's how I ate when I was like nine. Lindsay's not nine. Neither is Mike Gramala. He's like, 40. I was going to say, so, I mean, he's still eating that way. <laughs> All right. We got more tickets to give away. If you want to go see the Black Crows, they're playing at the Pearl at the Palms. These tickets are for Friday, February 10th. Two tickets, Black Crows, Pearl at the Palms, 702-364-1100. That's the phone number. Be caller number six right now at 702-364-1100. You'll win tickets to go see the Black Locked in the press box. You're welcome. That is Terry Bradshaw's fault. Yep. Uh, I give credit to Jalen Hurts for stepping up to the mic to sing that song. But that yeah. is Terry Bradshaw's fault. It wasn't, um, there wasn't a lot to the song, but I give him a ton of credit. No, no, it's only like four it's lines. Like four lines at the most. But Fly, Eagles, Fly, Road to Victory. I think he said hit him low, hit him high, hit him high, hit him low. And uh, score a touchdown, one, two, three, which is like, we got half a lyric, but we need to finish out this line. That's so all let's, Bradshaw let's just count. doing the buffoonery. Yeah, so that's all Terry Bradshaw's fault. But uh, credit to Jalen Hurts, who stepped up yeah. and sang it. Um, Adam Hill just tweeted out, the NFL says Las Vegas is an option for next year's Pro Bowl. But this week is about evaluating the new format. Super Bowl is in Las Vegas next year. They're going to have the Pro Bowl in the there's same There's no way town? they'll have the Pro Bowl. No, there. because they have to, they take over that stadium early. Right. Mick Early just tweeted out that the uh, in Phoenix, the stadium is already oh, yeah. ready early for the Super Bowl. There's, I can't, I, I guess they could have the Pro Bowl here without using Allegiant Stadium. And it's just like, hey, we're just at the Raiders practice facility. But they probably used the Raiders practice facility during the Super Bowl, yes. too. So I can't imagine you'd have the Pro Bowl here. I mean, this is also the stadium that couldn't turn around the field for UNLV Be, football. Like, yeah. <laughs> they are like, not going to well, have... I saw a picture yesterday of the field for the uh, Super Bowl. It's already ready. They're not going to have anyone on that thing until yeah. the day of the game. Nobody. Yeah. So... I, I mean, even in flag football, they're not going to throw a bunch of guys. I guess out there. technically, you could roll the field out and play on UNLV's turf. Yeah, but yeah. with as much as the players are complaining about turf, I don't know if any of them are like. But also, the they turf? take over the press box. Right, it's much more than just they the... take over everything in that stadium. That's their yeah. stadium. Once the championship games are done, they roll into town, and that's what that's what it is. So I just can't imagine the Pro Bowl being here. Is the Pro Bowl going to get canceled? I don't think so. I think they're going to kind of, like I said, I'm, I'm on, I'm not on the fence at all on this. I'm like, if you don't want to watch it, don't watch it. If you do, do. I don't really care either way. Um, I'll probably watch it just to see some of the flag football, just to see what it looks like. But I don't think they're going to cancel it. Where do they make their money from on this? ESPN televising it? Yeah. Do they make money on ticket sales? Like, 
it it was pretty full last year, right? First time here? Yeah. But I, I guess it just does there become a point where not enough people are physically attending that ESPN's the money ESPN's paying to televise it is enough. It might be cuz we love football and I'm sure the Pro Bowl is one of like the 20 most viewed events in the, yeah. in, the oh, yeah. in the country every year. But I guess it just you know, Josh Allen isn't going. Tyler Huntley is an AFC Pro Bowl quarterback, right? There's not actually a game anymore. They cut it down to where it's flag foot. Like, it just feels like we're taking slow steps where the end result is there is no more Pro Bowl. I mean, there's going to be a Pro Bowl as long as they make money. So the real question is, do they stop making enough money to justify doing it? And maybe they always do. Maybe it's always because, hey, ESPN is going to put it on TV and more people are going to watch this than every other sporting we're event. Gonna, we're going to watch it because it's football. I don't know how much you're going to watch it. Is it football? I actually, it? I actually think I mean, I'm more interested in the flag football than I was last year in the actual. Last year football. was just a disaster, right? I think I might be more interested in the flag yeah. football than last year's. But I, I am I going to watch it? Yeah, I guess it'll be Sunday, and I won't be doing anything. I don't know. I'm going to watch a movie. I, I've already got a plan to watch a movie this weekend, so I might watch a movie instead of the Pro Bowl. How far out do you plan movies? Oh, so okay. Well, he doesn't <laughs> watch them very often, right? What? Well, so I I was going to. It's um. Oh God, the the glass onion one, the the one that came out in Christmas, right? He's so, getting around to it about a month later. So I saw something about it, and I was like, "Oh, that looks interesting. I want to really watch good. that." And I went to Netflix, and it's like it says the runtime's like two hours and nine minutes. And I was like, "Well, I'm not watching that tonight." Last night, I was looking at it, and I was like, eh, "There's no NFL or college football. I'll watch it this weekend." So I got a plan. I'm gonna watch a movie. I'll probably do that instead of the Pro Bowl. I mean, it's. it's- Unbelievable that you plan this far out for a movie. Why not? I I mean, I was going to watch mean, it just, last night, and then I was like, two hours is a long time. It's a whole college basketball game. I mean, I respect it to a certain extent, and he at least is picking, he seems to be picking good movies when he watches movies. He just doesn't watch them very often, and so no. it's very confusing. Yeah, looks like a good movie. I did watch two episodes of the National Treasure Show on Disney Plus last night. Um, if you ever need to have a, me book someone to help you break down National Treasure, HSK play-by-play man Brian McCormick. Because <laughs> I have seen all the National Treasure movies. And See, so have I. And, and I, I wanted him more than anything to do another one. And no, they were, it's a, they're in. Are they in? They, Is he in? They're Is trying in? to set it up, I thought, with they're this finding series. I, I oh. thought forever they tried to set it up with him. and He's not in, well, he's not in the first two episodes. No, he's not in the series, oh. but the series is supposed to, like, be... Wait, so the first two episodes are just, like, some 20-year-old kids trying to find a treasure. You're telling me Nicolas Cage is going to come in and steal this treasure hunt from them? I'm He's the bad you, guy? I don't, no, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that this story, the story of of this series is supposed to connect to whatever the third one is. Yeah, of course. Oh. It's all ancient treasures. Come on. Gotta go find it. Like you, well, but you'll more understand the third one if you've watched the series. If you've watched the series? What's the series on Netflix? Uh, Disney, Disney Plus. Plus. Yeah. Is it good? Have, do you have Disney Plus? I think we do. Okay. Or maybe she, she cut that she cut that off too. We've been cutting some stuff off lately. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I don't know what we have. Chop it off. Uh, the series is Okay. They're treasure hunting. They're kids. It's, it's too fast. They're kids. It's like the the yeah. They're like they 20 find year it old too kids. fast. No no no. It's just like they figure out 
clues too quickly and like the relationships of the characters you just met is just like way too it's not realistic because it's too fast 